0: Good morning, church. Good morning. It is a great day. It's the Lord's day. And he's here with us. Not because I'm so good and not because you're so good, but because he's so good. I'm thankful that we're two or more gathered that he's right here. And he has a word for us. That word. I'm going to be reading from Matthew, the Gospel of Luke. In Matthew, Mark. Luke, it's the third one in the New Testament. If you brought your Bible with you, it's about right there in your Bible. <laughs> if you brought a Bible app, you can read along with me or on the overhead screen. Luke 17, I'm going to start at verse 19. And Jesus is telling a story. It may be a story you've not heard before. There was a certain rich man who clothed himself in purple and fine linen and who feasted luxuriously every day. At his gate lay a certain poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. Lazarus longed to eat the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Instead, dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. While being tormented in the place of the dead, he looked up and saw Abraham at a distance with Lazarus at his side. He shouted, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and Cool my tongue, because I'm suffering in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received good things, whereas Lazarus received terrible things. Now Lazarus is being comforted, and you are in great pain. Moreover, a great crevasse has been fixed between us and you. Those who wish to cross over from here to you cannot. Neither can anyone cross over from there to us. The rich man said, "'Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers. He needs to warn them so that they don't come to this place of agony,' Abraham replied. "'They have Moses and the prophets. They must listen to them.'" The rich man said, "'No, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will change their hearts and lives.'" Abraham said, "'If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded.'" if someone rises from the dead. Pray with me. Jesus, we need your spirit. Not one day, not someday, this day. Your spirit breathed on us gathered here that we might not know about you, but that we might know you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. When I was in college, I had a good friend named Barry, and Barry was a good guy. Barry was a hoot to be around. Barry told great stories, and uh, most all of his stories were just hilarious. He had ten jillion different episodes, but there was one kind of story that um, really wasn't funny at all, and it was a kind of story that Barry told, and usually it ended up with his father coming home and, in his words, punting him across the room. And he would just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh, but nobody else would laugh because it was just plain old awkward. Well, it was one spring break. There were just a handful of us left on campus, and we were at the top of a hill, it was probably about midnight, we were counting stars and swapping stories, and Barry started another one of his drunk daddy stories about his father coming home, and it ended up with him punting him across the room, and he laughed, and nobody else laughed. And then afterwards, it was just quiet. And Barry kind of said under his breath, he said, you know, if Jesus came to my father the way that he did Saul on the Damascus Road, you remember that story? Saul was on the Damascus Road. He had been persecuting the church. He'd been putting Christians to death. The first Christian martyr that we know about was Stephen. And, and Saul was an accessory to murder. He was, he was pointing out Stephen and that, throwing rocks at him until he died. And, and he was throwing people in jail. Is it, well, maybe if, if, if Jesus came to my father the way he did Saul, well, Jesus came in this, this bright light and, and this booming voice, and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, if he came like he did to Saul, then maybe my father would change. He'd become a Christian, and he quit beating on my family. And I got to thinking, well, you know, Barry had a point there. If God kind of you know step up his game a little bit as evangelism, if 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 any time you know f- folks started to, to do something wrong and there was this voice from heaven and a bright light, you think they'd change? Okay, I think I think this mess in Charlottesville would kind of take care of itself, don't you? Well, at least people would drive better, you know. Around here, I have began to notice It's Like you know, blinkers are an option on cars around here because they don't see. Now they do use hand signals. I've I've noticed that a lot. <laughs> but you know, if, if if you know you're driving along and somebody you use a hand signal that maybe you're not, and then that voice comes over of the radio and maybe the inside of the car lights. I think people would behave. I do. Or like Moses, you know, where you're, you're walking along and there's this burning bush just sitting right there and this voice, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. I think a lot of folks would be walking around barefoot, don't you? <laughs> I think they would. Barry had a point. Did you know Jesus addresses that in the Bible? Right here. We don't tend to look at this story that way. We tend to look at this story as, yeah, well, it's kind of sh- separating sheep from goats. You know, uh, the Poor folks go, you know, to a pretty good place. Rich folks, and they go someplace different. But that's not what it says. That's not what it says. Because there's one problem here. Abraham was one of the richest people in all of the Bible. So this isn't separating sheep from goats, rich from poor. This is about something else. He says that there was a, a rich man who clothed himself in purple and fine linen. Whoa, what does that mean? It means he didn't have just one good suit. It means he had a suit for every day of the month and that he feasted luxuriously every day. That means he ate steak and eggs for breakfast, steak with mushrooms for lunch, and steak tartare. For, for supper. Or maybe if he was vegan, he had kale up to his ears. I don't know. He, but he had everything he wanted whenever he wanted, it, and he had plenty of it. But there was a fella at the end of his driveway, and this fella's name was Lazarus. And he didn't have suits. Instead of suits, what he had, he had sores. Kind of graphic, isn't it? Yeah. He didn't have suits. He had sores. And instead of steak and mushroom he just wanted a mushroom that might fall off the table but he didn't even get that he didn't get the leftover bone he didn't get any of it well this says that the the poor man died and went to Abraham's side well what does that mean well the Jews had this real strong image of, of, of what happened when you died. Now, they didn't talk so much about the furniture in heaven or, you know, the pink colors in paradise. What, what they did talk about, though, was, you know, wherever Abraham is the father of the faith, Abraham was a friend of God, and if you listened to God, if you leaned on God, if you trusted in God, if you had that kind of relationship with God, that whatever happened to Abraham, that's where you were going to be. Well, Lazarus wasn't just kind of in the vicinity of Abraham. He was right next to Abraham. And Abraham was tending after him, healing his sores, giving him all the, the good food, the things that he didn't have here on this earth. Well, then it says that the rich man died. Well, he didn't go to Abraham's side. This says he went to, to a place of torment and the, the place of the dead. Now, that's a long translation of a short word. The word in Greek is Hades. Sometimes it's translated as hell. Sometimes in the New Testament that word is Gehenna, but however it's translated, it's not a place you wanna go. It's a place to avoid. And it says that in this place of the dead, that, that, that he gives a lot of the same description that the Jews understood this place to be. They, they thought, well, if you're not a friend of God, if you haven't relied on God, if you haven't trusted in God, if you've been living a life that, that instead you've, you've been doing on your own thing and working against God, then you must go someplace that was like the Valley of Hinnom. It was below Jerusalem. Now, the Valley of Hinnom... It was um, it was this place. It, really, what it was was the dump. Yeah. If there was sewage, they threw it over into the valley. If there was something to burn, I mean, if your donkey died, you didn't leave a dead donkey in the front yard. Neighbors complain. The Homeowners Association is going to write you a note. This is just going to be horrible. So you just pushed it on down the hill and let the donkey die and rot down there. It flies, nastiness, fire, sewage, burning up all the trash in the garden, treadmills, all those things (laughs) down there. It was just one nasty, nasty place place that you want to avoid well that's where the rich man is but it still hasn't hit him where he he still thinks he's in the given orders business so he looks up to Abraham and he says hey Abraham send your boy Lazarus down here I'm thirsty I want some water and Abraham says to him child I like that child Child, remember during your life you had all the good things. You had suits, he had sores. You had steak and the mushrooms, and he didn't even get a mushroom. Well, now he's getting the good things, and you're getting the bad. Well, then he realizes where he is. An alarm goes off, and he says, Father Abraham. Listen, listen! Listen! Send. In, I have five brothers. They're at my father's house. Send them to my brother, and and warn them about all this flies and stink and rot and nastiness. This sewage. R- warn them so they won't come to this place. And and. You hear what he's asking for? Show, me, show them a miracle. Show them something big. They'll turn. And Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets. What in the world is Moses and the prophets? Well, tradition said Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. The prophets, those are the four major and 12 minor prophets of the Old Testament. That was the Bible that Jesus taught from. They have the Bible. The rich man says, no, but if someone goes to them from the dead, then they'll believe. Then they will change their hearts and lives. Give them a miracle. Give them something that paints them in the corner. Give them something where they can't say, well, no, it probably didn't really happen. Give them something that the only thing they can do is say yes. And Abraham says, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, if they don't listen to what the Bible says, they won't be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. Well, Jesus is obviously talking about himself. All of the Bible points to Jesus. That if if you don't listen to God's voice is what he's saying. If you don't listen to the voice of God from the beginning of the Bible to the end, why would you listen if someone rises from the dead? If you don't listen to God in the everyday, in the ordinary, words of Scripture, words of the Bible, maybe. Maybe we're just hard of hearing what God has to say. Because it's in the whole of the Bible points to a relationship. A relationship with the living God that doesn't sit off up in heaven and never have contact with you or me. It's the living God who's made his home where two or more are gathered. It's the living God who says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's the living God who lives in the common, in the ordinary, in the everyday. It's the living God who's, who's, whose miracles don't just happen off somewhere else where we read stories about it. It's, it's the living God whose miracles happen in your life and mine. It's the living God who seeks to make His home in your heart, and for you to take notice to pay attention of him in the everyday and one more thing to pay attention to the neighbor at the end of the driveway or maybe in your case the neighbor at the end of the hall at work or at the end of the table at school that girl that thinks she's invisible to everybody, because from the time school began, nobody's spoken to her, for you to take notice. Or maybe that person down down the street that thinks they don't matter to God because God's people have never noticed them. Oh, we do get caught up in words like I and me and mine and my rights and what I want. And that I and me and mine, it just, it, oh, it can drown out the voice of God. The louder we say it, the, the dimmer the voice of God gets in the, in the everyday, in the ordinary. This morning, it may be that you're saying, show me the miracle. Well, God has shown you a miracle. His Son, Jesus, gave His life for you and for me. Not when we were the best we could be, not when we deserved it. But Christ died for us while we were yet sinners while we were as far from Him as we possibly could be, when we weren't listening, when we were filling our ears with I and me and mine, Christ died for you and for me. That proves God's love for us. This morning, it may be that, that you've sensed a distance between you and God, and you've been praying for a miracle. That miracle's happened. He died on the cross for you and me, and he rose on the third day to live his life through you in a power that we can't get any other way other than, than, than paying attention to him in the here and the now. To paying attention to his voice in the ordinary and the everyday, to paying attention to the neighbor at the end of the driveway. Jesus forgave you and me not because our goodness but because of his and it may be that, that that miracle hasn't hit home for you. Well I want you to pray with me right now. Let's pray. Jesus, there may be those here who who don't know that miracle of called grace. That miracle that that has always pointed to you in the Bible. It pointed to to a pardon that we don't deserve, that we haven't earned, that point to a new life that was given to you when you rose, given by you when you rose from the grave. It may be that there are folks here that are pointing to, well give me something else. What else do you have? May they hear your voice. May we all hear your voice this day. In the common, in the everyday, in the ordinary, breathe on us breath of God. Fill us with a new life, a new life that comes through the Spirit of the risen Christ here in this place, to a people that are ordinary and everyday and have a message of healing, We were created for good. We were damaged by evil. We were restored for new life. And and Jesus, on this day, may we be sent out for healing. Not one day, but this day. Sent out for healing in the everyday, in the ordinary. And may miracles happen. Give us eyes to see Him. Give us eyes to listen. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.